Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Verse 9 of Romans chapter 8, where we've been in this series here on core strength and taking a look at it the last couple of weeks. And this is lesson three. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. And then we're going to talk about prayer, fasting, reading the Word, some of the spiritual formation things as we dive through this third lesson. Verse 9 of Romans 8. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You ever had to remind yourself of that? (laughs) Anybody ever besides me found it's real quick to get out of the spirit and back into the flesh? If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Paul, that's tough. But Paul, that's true. Thank you for telling us the truth. Thank you for writing the truth to the church. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you in advance for what you want to accomplish here tonight. Help us to be not only hearers, but doers of the word. That our faith would be mixed with works, because without it, it is dead. We we need to apply the word of God. We need to live out the word of God. Help us. We ask it in Jesus' name, and let everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to say a big thank you to all of those in the education field that have been working so hard. Uh, Our school, CCS, has launched and had a great first couple days of school yesterday and today. And we're, we're thankful for that. Continue to keep them and all the families in prayer and all of our educators, whether a part of CCS or not, let's continue to keep them in prayer. Okay, so, so the first start of tonight, we're going to talk all about the Holy Ghost. I will start by reminding you, the Holy Ghost is a who, not an it. How many know that we fall, we fall prey to Pentecostal vernacular? You need to get it. You need to get Him. And really, you need Him to get you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yeah, he needs to fill you, but when he fills you, he should get control of you. Right? How many of you, like me, you grew up singing, I got the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget that time that old country preacher got up and said, you need to start singing loud, let the Holy Ghost get me. I thought, that wouldn't rhyme as good, but it it makes real good sense. In the previous lesson, we really, we talked about the beauty and the necessity of being born of water, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I'm so thankful for Paul being baptized, for the four or five that were baptized on Sunday morning. I want to, I want to average more baptisms than services. How about you? I, I, I want to average more baptisms than services. Praise God. Um, I... I don't want to have that thing up there just so we can say we have the right furniture. 
We believe in the power of baptism. Amen. Thank God for that. So who is the Holy Ghost? Let's talk about it tonight. We opened up in Romans chapter 8 referring to the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. So which one is it? Both. It is both. And it is not wrong to say it that way. In John chapter 14 verses 16 through 18 it is referred to as the Comforter. And I stand adamantly behind that in the Word of God that if you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, He will bring a comfort that nothing can bring. I stand firmly fixed to that truth. The Holy Ghost brings comfort that nothing else can. Well, you know, I hear some people say Holy Ghost. I hear some people say the Holy Spirit. Same thing. Thank you. It's not, that, it's not that some are right and some are wrong. Okay? They're both the same thing. I heard somebody real strong one time said, well, I prefer the Holy Ghost over the Holy Spirit. That's fine, but don't be grouchy about it. <laughs> you just almost lost it saying it. <laughs> Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. We don't believe in Casper. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God. Matthew chapter 1, at Jesus' birth, the Holy Ghost was the Father. It's one of my favorite. If you ever have somebody knock on your door and want to talk to you? <laughs> one of your easiest ways to get out of that conversation is just ask them, who was the Father? They will say, well, God was the Father. So I'd like to take you to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, it Tells me that she was espoused with child of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost with the Father. So at least you believe like me that the Holy Ghost and the Father are the same person. Every now and then you'll get somebody in training. They will real quickly walk away from the door. If you've never had anybody do this right here. Oh, I'm getting a call. I'm, I'm getting. That's a pretty fun experience. Um, we, don't, we don't believe that there is a. Trinity of God's. We believe that the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing. It is the Spirit of Christ. So what about the Holy Ghost and salvation? Because if we're going to be a godly church, we're going to have to be a church that believes in people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not just baptism in water, but baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you, here's how I believe. And I'm going to say this from the beginning. I believe that A... We're going to be about to read about this here. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking with other tongues, is a necessary part of salvation. I do. I believe it's... I, now, for many of you, you say, Amen. That's strong. But you need to be able to not just amen it, but defend it. That's what this is about. This core series is really about scriptural defense for you to be armed with a little something that you can... Now, if you forget your notes, you just pull up your church center app. Just one more shameless plug for that right there. But I believe that when that happens, that can happen anywhere. How many believe that people can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost anywhere? They can. We've had, we've had people in the last month, multiple people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance in the baptismal. Thank God for that. We've had them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here. We've had them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost out at the campground. 
We've had them receive the shocker downstairs. <gasps> Anywhere, anybody, anytime that wants to repent of their sins can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And if I don't believe that, I'm not apostolic. And if you don't believe that, you need to look in the mirror. We need to question whether or not we really believe this. I heard somebody say to me recently, well, some people don't think people want the Holy Ghost anymore. Well, I'm not a part of those people. I don't agree with those people. I believe with the prophet Joel that in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Mm. Praise God. What about the Holy Ghost and salvation? Isaiah 44 and 3, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, floods upon the dry ground. The prophet said, I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, my blessing upon thine offspring. Ezekiel 36, A new heart also will I give to you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away that stony heart out of your flesh. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Uh, Joel prophesied, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everyone say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. It's going to be a multi-generational occurrence. It's going to happen. Matthew, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with Fire, Matthew 3 and 11. How about Luke 11 and 13? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Here's how I, here, you gotta repent. We're gonna talk about it. And then you gotta want it. I don't think anybody accidentally backs up into the Holy Ghost. Now they might not know what they're getting into. I do believe that. Thank God you don't need a theology degree to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've, had, I've lost track of how many people over the years have said, all I know is all of a sudden I couldn't, I couldn't control. I've had people look at me and say, what was that? But you know what their inside was saying? Out of sincerity, they were saying, everything you have, I want it. Everything you desire for my life, I want Aren't you glad people don't have, it, have to have it all together to get God? And here's a newsflash. You can't get good enough to get God. Praise God. We, we do have to know more than Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is good, but we've got to know more than Acts 2.38. Okay? Peter said to them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name. And What? And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some people quote that when they're asked, why do I have to receive the Holy Ghost? But read Acts 2.38. It doesn't say you have to. It just says you will. So you better be armed with more than Acts 2.38 if they look back at you and say, but it doesn't say I have to. It just says I will. <laughs> well, let me get back to you because my pastor said that Acts 2.38, don't lie on me. There's more to it than that. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and I want us to read through this a little bit. 
We're going to read verse 9, 10, and 11. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that spirit of God dwell in you now. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I believe in that. I mean, I just believe in it. I believe in the power of Christ being in believers, the kind of power that allows us to be in conversation and in experience with the resurrection of Christ. We talked last week about identifying with him in baptism through burial through baptism. And we talked this week, the power of the resurrection identified the newness of life through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Biblical salvation is related to the gospel. That is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After we have been forgiven, we, we, we begin to walk in that newness of life and the power of His resurrection through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We, we can. This is, this is so simple right here, but I, I feel so just compelled to say this. Anybody that wants to repent can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Any prodigal that has been filled and walked away and wants to come back, Somebody said, I've had this over the But what if they blaspheme? If they really blaspheme, they would not be back. True blasphemy. They would not be here. They wouldn't be laying in their bed, crying tears. If they were led over to a reprobate mind. So they can be refilled. Thank God. Aren't you glad you got to be refilled? <laughs> First Peter 1 and 12 tells us that, that the angels, we preached about angels here on Sunday morning, the angels desire to know more about receiving the Holy Ghost. Haven't you heard the preacher preach about that through the year? You got something even the angels. <laughs> right? Boy, I've done it too. But beyond what the angels have even experienced, there is a desire among the angels to know more and to understand about the gift of the Holy Ghost. They they. They don't have the privilege you have. Imagine that the seraphim that fly around the throne don't have the same privilege of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so much more than talking in tongues, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? It is so much more than... Well, what happens when you get the Holy Ghost? Well, you're saved. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so much more than just so you can go to heaven. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. What does the Bible say that it really affords? Acts 2, John 3, Romans 8, 
says that salvation, yeah, it comes from it. Acts 1.8 also tells us that it gives us the power to be a witness unto the Lord. Romans 8.11-17, Galatians 5 and 16 says I don't even have to deal with living a sinful lifestyle. That once the Holy Ghost comes into my life, that I can actually live a life above the reproach of sin. That's powerful right there. That's a powerful thing. John 1, Romans 8, Galatians 4, 6. It gives us status as the children of God. I don't want to get too far. Some of y'all got like hotel status, Marriott status, Hilton status. Some of you fly, you got Delta status, you got United status. I'm going to tell you, everybody in the building that's full of the Holy Ghost has the greatest status available. It'd be one thing if you called his name before you were full of the Holy Ghost. But now being full of the Holy Ghost, when you call on the name, you you call on his name as a child of God. That's the status that you have. Romans 6, 18, 8, 22, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says it gives you liberty and freedom. We, we, we do a lot more singing about that on Sunday nights and preaching about it on Sunday nights than we typically do on Wednesday night Bible study. But let me go ahead and elevate for a moment and say I thank God for His freedom and I thank God for the liberty that we find in the Holy Ghost. How many have heard that scripture that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty? Go ahead and do a little study on it. What it really is talking about is the understanding of the oneness of God. And when you're full of the Holy Ghost and you understand the power of the oneness of God, there is a liberty that is represented that you will find nowhere else. You will find nowhere else that kind of liberty. It's liberating. John 14, 26, John 16, 13 tells us it'll teach us, it'll guide us into all truth. If you're not getting ahead, get a little more of the ghost. Can I tell you something? Don't read your Bible without praying. Don't read your Bible without praying. Don't fast without praying. You're just on a diet. Okay? You gotta pray. You know, Paul said it another way. He said, stir up that gift. Stir that gift up inside. I am convinced that if we really, Brother Sleeve, if we really woke up and it registered somehow in our finite minds, I wake up with God inside of me. Not just, not just, I think sometimes we pray as though God is almost untouchable. When we do that, we dismiss the truth that we have Him inside. But if I wake up, recognize, I got, wait a minute. I'm not reaching for a God that is unapproachable. I'm reaching for a God that loved me enough to clean the junk out of my life, to allow every sin to be remitted through baptism. And then if water baptism wasn't enough, He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why some people don't, under, they don't understand our, our tenacity and our worship and the way that we, they don't understand it. But I feel like if they get the Holy Ghost, Getting the Holy Ghost, receiving the Spirit of God does not automatically make you tenacious and outlandish and all of a sudden you're an extrovert and not an introvert. But I tell you what it doesn't do. Doesn't leave you like this. Holy 
Ghost will make you happy. It'll be joy unspeakable. I'm going to say a real bold statement right now. Most of us would live in another level if we'd pray through until we were talking in tongues every day. There's no reason that any believer cannot pray through and pray that way every day. Every believer in this room, you could pray until you speak in a heavenly language every single day. I promise you this, you'd fight with your wife less. Oh, I'm on it. I'm going to go ahead. You'd get in less struggles at work. You'd... Because you'd get out of your flesh and into the Spirit. And when you, how many know when you are walking in the Spirit, you are bolder than at any other time in your life? Case in point. I am bold when I'm in the Spirit. When I'm walking in the Spirit, I, Brother Friendly, I'm intimidated by nobody. I don't care how rough the neighborhood. I don't care how big the dude. I don't care. I, don't, I am not. When I'm walking in the spirit, I've found this to be true over the years. You let that same spirit start to lift off me. Here's the side of me. that He's kind of a big guy. Why don't you go talk to him and see him? When I'm in the spirit, and I'm going to tell you, listen, we have access to live that way. We have access. We do. We have access to walk in the liberty of the Spirit. But in order to do that, I cannot treat prayer as negotiable. If I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, I've got to pray. I've got to seek that. And then I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you what comes from that. According to the scripture, according to Isaiah 28 in prophecy, Acts 3.19 in occurrence, it will be a rest and a refreshing. I remember when I was, uh, when I was just uh, uh, dealing with this time, I, I've mentioned it before about my, my father's sickness. My father went through kidney disease, went in for a random uh, checkup when he was my age. He was, he was just over 40. Went in for a work physical and his kidneys were at 17% function. My dad almost immediately went on to a transplant list that they told him would take three years and they didn't know if dialysis could keep him alive. I watched him go through that. Often we pray for the person that's sick and we forget the caretaker. Let us not be guilty of that. If you've ever been the the caretaker, you know how, how much rest that can take out of you. My mom, bless her heart, Holy Ghost filled, godly woman, the caretaker taking care of him on a daily basis. I'd watch those boxes of, of dialysis medicine. Be Somebody would bring them off of a big truck and they'd wheel them in on a two-wheeler into our house. i watched watch my mom care for him in a service, in a service, Brother McFarland, just like this. She walked up for prayer, needed a miracle. Minister called for anybody that needed a miracle. When they laid hands on her, she was slain in the spirit. How many know what that means? She was slain in the spirit. Back before it happened to enough people that we got cynical. Because we are a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. She was slain in the Spirit. Talking in tongues on the floor. She laid, she laid there. Now this is uncomfortable for my mom. It would be uncomfortable if she was here. It was embarrassing for her, but God knew what she needed. Can I say that again? It was embarrassing for her, but God knew what she needed. She said, I'll never forget her telling me, I don't know how long, much long, it might have been months later when I asked her about that experience. She said, 
Joshua, here's what I know. She said, I was more exhausted in my life than I had ever been. She said, in that one or two minutes that the Lord had me on the floor, she said, when I came to, she said, I felt like I had been sleeping for weeks. Because there's a rest in him. There's a rest in it. Yeah, we've been praying for Ken Baldwin. We need to pray for Zena Baldwin too. We pray for these that are sick. We need to pray for the caretakers too. That's why I think we ought to pray for our doctors. We ought to pray for our nurses. We ought to pray for our first responders. That's not just a social media movement. If anybody should be lifting it up, it's what? It's us. We believe because we know where the ultimate rest comes from. He said, I am the rest. We're with, praise God. Cause the weird to rest. Here we go. How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If you've never received it before, you need to know that we must repent first. You don't have to be baptized in water first. It has to happen. It's not like if you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues, you get to skip baptism because you're so holy. He just... I didn't even need the water. You need the water, okay? But I'll tell you this. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost without repentance. You've got to repent. Everybody repeat after me. I must repent. If your neighbor didn't say it, I'd like you to challenge. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. We all have to repent. We cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost if we're full of sin. We must repent that we may be forgiven. According to Luke eleven thirteen. 13, we can then simply ask God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't think we have to beg God. I don't think we have to beg God. Do you? And I will tell you this though. I'm okay with tarrying. I think we have so micromanaged receiving the Holy Ghost. Okay. A, B, C, D. Okay, you didn't get it? (laughs) Let them tarry a little bit if they need to. Pray a little bit. And if they do not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the last thing we do is make them feel bad about it. For the love of the Word. Please don't make them feel guilty because they didn't receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Oh, baby, if your faith could just increase a little bit, it's probably, you just, you probably ain't repented good. Stop! Remember back to, if you weren't raised in church, remember how weird it was for you the first time somebody said, you're going to speak a language you've never been taught. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we talk through this like it's all logical. Nothing about what we do is logical. It is faith. Faith in the Word of God. Logically, I can read this Word. I can trust its, I, I can trust its historical. I, I can trust Acts. But logically, you tell me how that works. We're going to put you down in the water. Then all these sins that no one can see, but you know they're there. 
<laughs> you know. It's not about logic. It's about faith. But the last thing we want to do is make someone feel like we question their faith because we celebrate at every turn. Please hear me. We celebrate it. I'm going to say something right now. If there's pastoring that needs to be done, let me do it. Let Pastor Lopez do it. Don't get on to anybody about the way they're dressed. I'm in it, so I'm going to go ahead. Don't get on to them because they didn't. If there's pastor, if you got to bring it to me, I'll help them out. Now, mom and dad, if it's your kid, you wear them out. Do whatever you need to do. But if it's some new visitor or some prodigal or some, calm down. It's kind of a nervous clap, but it's, we love them in. Listen. There is a work the Holy Ghost can do that we cannot do, that we cannot accomplish if we let them tarry and let them seek God and let them really repent and let them really... Because I'm going to go ahead and teach this anyway. We don't want them repenting because we think they're... Un... If they're repenting because they believe that we're uncomfortable with them, it's the wrong reason. Their repentance has got to be because they've got to be right with God. I've got to be right with God. I... And that's the kind of revival we want. I'm going to tell you why. Because those people stay. Those people draw close to God. And I'm going to tell you what else. They will be the greatest soul winners. Woo! They will be soul Winners. Some people don't like that terminology. I'm sorry. I, that's what I still think it is. I think we reach like Jude, verse 23. We rescue people from fire. And if we've ever had a day we got to do it, it's now. Amen. Man, I need to calm down. <laughs> got to receive the Holy Ghost. And, and, and look, look at some texts here with me. Acts 2, 4. The Jews received it. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. 1046, Cornelius and his household. How awesome was that? My man couldn't even get done preaching and they were all talking in tongues. I'm telling you, I long for that. If I'm in the middle of preaching and a whole family full of people don't we want that? Whole family full of people was driving by and don't even know why, but something pulled into the parking lot. Come walking in and dad said, shh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going. And all of a sudden they start feeling something during worship and begin to repent and, and begin to. Just because Cornelius was not yet full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible said he was a devout man. I... He was a praying man. Study it out. He was a giving man. Without the Holy Ghost, he knew how to be faithful in giving. And when it was time, he didn't need an altar call. He had already been praying. God kind of worked it out that he would send a preacher because everybody needs a preacher. How shall they? <laughs> but imagine that. So this is kind of what needs to... Hey. They're all... Can anybody forbid water? <laughs> they're, all, they're all speaking in tongues. The whole family. 
Isn't that something? Praise God. Acts 19 and 6. Disciples of John the Baptist. The Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We believe in it. We believe in speaking with other tongues. One of my favorite ways to say it, you've heard me say it several times, but in case there's somebody here that hasn't, you speak in a language you've never cursed in, speak in a language you never talk back in. Praise God. Is there any consistent evidence that goes throughout all those accounts? Yep, they spoke with tongues in a language they did not know when they received the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whichever one you want to say. I typically say the Holy Ghost. Pastor, which one do you say? Holy Ghost, most of the time. But if I slip up and say Holy Spirit, don't come to me and say now. They're the same. There is one more passage to note, that study where someone receives the Holy Ghost found in Acts chapter 8. If you want to look at that, you can find it on that little part of the handout where you see they were blessed with all manner of gifts of God. But the scripture is clear. They had not yet received the Holy Ghost. Therefore, the gifts they had, including miracles, great joy, belief, even baptism, are not the evidence. They're not the evidence. I Get them gifts. I want it. Can I tell you something? Yes. I want to receive the Holy Ghost with evidence speaking tongues. I want you to get that, but I want you to get more than that. I'm going to be honest. I want every gift he's got. I want it all. I'm Call me greedy. I just desire those spiritual things. If there's a gift of healing, <laughs> I want it. I'll, if I got to fast till I get it. Want that word of knowledge? Amen. I want everything he's got. Somebody say amen. Let's go to the second topic. We're going to buzz through this, but it's important. Prayer, fasting, reading the word. Pastor, how are you going to get through that? This is, we preach about this all the time. But on core, I want you to have these notes. I want you to understand it. When I say prayer, what's the, what's the first word or the first thing? Answer it to yourself kind of silently. What really comes to your mind when I say prayer? And if to you the first word is boring, <laughs> then you've got to work on that conversation. But it can be. I can remember, I can remember being a kid and, and being drugged to prayer meeting. Right? Get up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm saying the right words, right? Lord, you're awesome. And I'm listening to this one guy over here. And my, my, my words are, Lord, I love you. But my mind was saying, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, run for the border. I want a taco. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I forgot to do my homework. Lord, you're good. You ever do one of those prayers where you look to the side and see if anybody by you is looking around too? See. Prayer's meant to be more than going through the motions. It's meant to be real communication with God. Can I tell you that a lot of my prayer time, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody, a lot of my prayer time is me sitting and talking to God just like this. Because I feel like if I'm going to be real with anybody, it should be Him. I really do. I feel that way. 
Now, I try to get to that place in that pocket where it's deep prayer and I get to intercession. And when I, it's usually when I get to acknowledging the holiness of God, something shifts and something changes. But usually in my conversation with them, listen, you don't have to prove to God you're more spiritual than you are. He knows. Oh, resplendent God of all heaven and earth. He's like, I know you. I saw what you just text. Come on, am I telling the truth right now? That's why we need a little something about ourselves that gets to the place what 1 Thessalonians 5 calls prayer without ceasing. It's this conversation with God. It's those people you're around that out of nowhere, you'll be in the middle of a conversation and they'll just say something like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You ever been in the middle of a conversation with someone and they do that and it throws you off? You're talking about... Just anything. And out of a sudden, they're like, and God, you're so good. What are we doing? Where are we going? But, but for them, it's just become a part. I'm, I, I challenge you to do that. Challenge you to try to make it a part of your normal. Ladies, when you're just walking through the house. Men, just walking through the job site. It doesn't have to be loud, boisterous. I don't expect you to be carrying lumber through the job site. God, you're so good. I, I don't expect, if you want to do it, go. And I know sometimes we get loud or boisterous, but he can hear your whisper. If he knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart, you know what the, you, you know what the goal is, right? It's sincerity. It's sincerity. There's different forms of prayer. There's a supplication, that cry for mercy, a petition, something requested, the act of making that request. We brought petitions before the Lord earlier with these names that were listed. There's intercession. Brother Turner, such a powerful lesson last year on the intercession. Probably have you do that again sometime soon. That was just powerful. Acting uh, of petitioning God, praying on behalf of another person or a group. There's part of prayer that's thanksgiving. I think that's one of our least... That's one of our most missed portions of prayer. Try to always thank God for what He's already done before you ask Him to do something else. And try to make it more than just speech. Thanks God for all those things. Now, try to mean it. Speak it from your heart. And I'll tell you, the other thing is the last thing there. We miss this. Meditation. Or just waiting on the Lord. Anybody that wants to work with the etymology and try to get into the... I don't, want to, I, don't have, I don't want to go too far with this. It's good every now and then just sit in the presence of God and just listen. Just listen to God, okay? I'm going to throw you too, okay? Every now and then turn your prayer music off. Turn off the thing that does the praying for you. I'm okay. With, I like music. Somebody's like, he said you should. No, 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 no. I like it too. But every now and then, I'm going to tell you, some of my greatest encounters with God is when I'm driving a, a significant distance. And I know some of you, this just is going to drive you batty, the thought of it. I turn nothing on. I drive in absolute silence. Trying to just hear from God. We are, we are living in such a media-crazed world that we would rather have white noise than no noise. 
We had brain fog long before COVID, folks. We need to, we need to know what it means just to get in His presence. Just listen to God. Just listen to God. There's practical tips for becoming effective on prayer there. Consistent daily pattern of prayer. I'm going to tell you what I think is one of the easiest ways if you struggle with having an effective daily prayer life. Just set your time. Okay? This is going to sound simple to some of you, and for some of you it's going to be a light bulb. You're going to be like, why didn't I think of that? If you're not a morning person, morning prayer probably won't be your thing. And I know, I, I know there are people that think if you're not praying the nautical prayer at 5 a.m., that... I believe in it. That's fine, okay? I can see the scripture on the angels in the darkness. I, awesome. If you can do it, you just be talking in tongues at 5 a.m. But some of you, you don't even know 5 a.m. still exists. Are there still two fives? There are. Okay? Can I tell you this? It would be more effective for you to have really good 8.30 prayer. Than for you to have very terrible five a.m. prayer. You know. Some of you are like, I'm gonna do my meditating at five. <laughs> Come on, where are my five a.m. meditators at? Be honest right now. Yeah, I hear your laughter. Oh. Have somebody that you're accountable to in prayer. Every now and then let somebody call you on it. Don't be offended. Have somebody that you're not offended. These are just practical ways that can ask you, hey, how's your prayer life? If when somebody asks you, how's your prayer life, and you're immediately offended, it's probably not good. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Involve <laughs> Be involved in the prayer ministry here at Calvary Tabernacle some way. Well, I can't make Tuesday night. Okay, maybe you can make Thursday. I can't make Thursday. We have Zoom at 7. Oh, I can't do 7. We have Saturday at 1. Okay, maybe you can just sign on and find the prayer list. Find some. Pastor, I'm busy. You said I don't have to come to everything. You don't have to come to everything. I'm saying there are ways to get involved. There are opportunities to get involved. And yes, I do believe that prayer is personal. But you study the New Testament. Individual covenant was always leading to communal covenant. It's powerful when the body comes together for prayer. Praying through the tabernacle last year? Oof. I love that. I never got so much feedback. Praise God. Pray through. Hey, every now and then, pull up every name in the youth group. We have that available. Pray over those kids. Pray over those children. Praise God. Consider that structured format, whether it's the tabernacle or the armor of God or some other type thing. Pray through that. What after that? How about fasting? How many of you, be honest, just help me out on this Wednesday night. Fasting's not your thing. I'm some of you are like, I should, are we allowed in church to... Some of you put your hands up really quick, like you've been waiting on a moment. I wonder if he'll ever pull the... Yep. I've been praying that he'd ask this question for accountability. Yeah. No, fasting. 
No one, no one fasts because they just get excited about it. Can I tell you right now, the health community is way more excited about fasting than the church, and that's a problem. Intermittent fasting has taken over. we got kids in our youth groups that would never fast until their football coach told them it was a good idea. That's too heavy for Wednesday night, I guess. I will tell you this, moms and dads, it's a tough pill for us to swallow, but I don't know how we think our kids will fast if they never see us. And I know we don't fast to be witnessed, but they will witness what we do. They will. Every now and then they ought to see us push the plate back. I was raised a little bit old school too, that they'd sit down, they sit down at the table and be dished the meal and look at it. That's of the devil. That's how I feel. That's that's don't put those mashed potatoes on my plate. Don't, don't, don't. We have all talked ourselves out of a fast early, too, in a situation like that. <laughs> There's different types of fast. Deuteronomy talks about absolute fast, no bread, no water. Partial fastings, fasting specific things. I will tell you that I, I believe you can kind of prove it biblically that an absolute fast is just water. You can see Jesus on an absolute fast, no, no, no bread, no water. Your body can only do that for about three days. And I will tell you, it's easier to fast with just water 10 days than with no food and no water for three. Your body cannot deal with no water. <laughs> you don't believe me? Try it. Corporate fast. How many remember when Esther called them on a fast? Takes the whole population about to be slaughtered, calls them on a fast, but God, moved. God responded to it because the motive was pure. We got personal fasting as individuals re revealed in Luke chapter 2. Corporate fasting you can read about in Nehemiah 9. We need to fast. We need to pray. But let me give you some practical tips in case you're not a faster. Or if we, when you fast, you're a fast faster. Okay, if you've never fasted a full day, don't try to fast a full day the first time. Okay? Fast one meal. If you... <laughs> You've never, you're never hungry for breakfast the day you wake up. How many know what I'm talking about? Your stomach will be eating itself. You can't, and for the people, you're not on the 5 a.m. prayer, so you want to sleep through the first part of your fast, right? <laughs> Called off work. Uh, before your... <laughs> Before your feet hit the ground. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. It's like 8 a.m. I don't think I was going to fast. And you talk yourself down. I was going to fast all day. I'm going to fast till dinner. If I can make it to lunch. God, if I can make it to noon. They start serving lunch at 1030. God, if I can make it. Well, you know why we're laughing? Everybody in the room's done it. Everybody in the room. Nobody else knows. This is between me and God. <laughs> so if you're struggling to fast a whole day, fast, start, fast a meal. If you can't fast a whole meal, I'm going to tell you right. Oh, I'm going to get in your business right now. Man, I don't know if this is the Holy Ghost or not. But some of you, some of you it would be way harder to fast your soda. Pop, whatever you want to call it. If you're a Coca-Cola guy, 
Have your meal, but no Coca-Cola all week. <sighs> Somebody just died inside a little bit. I felt it. Come on, some of you that pull through McDonald's to get your Diet Coke fix. I feel pain in the room right now. Just, oh, he was doing good. Go back to the Holy Ghost. Talking in tongues thing. Because for some of us, it's easier to talk in tongues than to... Amen. What are, we, what are we doing when we're fasting? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're reminding the flesh who's boss. We are. I promise you, when you can put your flesh under subjection, you will find... Fasting changes the way you feel about yourself. You go all day fasting, you will feel like... You will feel like you can do anything. After you eat dinner. Stand with me. Now, if you're medically unable, I, I know that that's a true thing. Some people have to take pills. They can't take fast things. I know some people say, well, that's not a real fast. Come on now. Any type of sacrifice. Any time of pushing away. I know there's a Daniel fast. I got friends that call it the Daniel diet. It's tough. Try to do it. Now, I've seen people that do the Daniel fast, and they have become scientists. Well, truly, if I eat Chinese, I'm like, you, if you're gaining weight on it, it's not a fast. Okay? What have you been doing? Pants don't, I've been on a fast, boy. You just go back to eating regular, give it to God. But for you, maybe you can't fast food. Maybe it's the news. Oh, pastor's going to call us on a media fast. No, I'm going to call you pray and see what God calls you to. I don't have a word from God to call everybody on a fast tonight, but I do have a word from God to ask you to consider whether you should. You might need to turn media off for the next week. If you're living overwhelmed in fear right now because of everything they're hyping up and talking about Afghanistan, it's a real problem. It's a real problem. And we, the church, need to be praying about those people and those, those pitiful people. But we should, not, we should not be allowing watching the news to make us spew to people about our current leaders. If you've spent any time this week talking more to people about our president than you have talking to God about our president. Sorry that that's so in the book. That's just righteous talk right there. I feel the Holy Ghost now. I feel bold all of a sudden again. And we got to get in our word. We got to have prayer. We got to have fasting. We got to get in our word. Can I tell you something? There's too many ways to get in the word not to do it. I will tell you this getting in the word has to be more than going back and listening to the podcast, pulling up your favorite preacher on YouTube. Amen. Get your bread program, get your daily bread app. Get you a way to work through the Word because this Word is life. This Word is life. 
Psalm 119, 11, Thy word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against God. Verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Job 23 and 12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Take the notes home with you and read about worship. Worship and praise are different. We need praise, but... Praise is what we can do together. Praise is what we can do. But worship is how we live. Lord, we love you. I think we ought to respond to the presence of God. We've had fun tonight. We've, we, we've, we've, we've laughed together. We've amen together. Oh, but I think we need to respond right now. Just a moment in worshiping God. Let your praise turn to worship. Let it affect my lifestyle. <clears throat> Oh, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, oh Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. Help me, Lord. I want to be challenged. I want to be inspired, yes, but I want to be challenged. I want to be challenged to live right, to live righteous, to live holy. Oh, let my prayer life be real and let it be meaningful. I don't need eloquent words. I don't, I don't need big Big words. I don't need an increased vocabulary. I just need prayer that's real with you. Let me spend my time in prayer also giving thanksgiving and blessing your name. Just blessing you. Giving praise to you. Help me to spend time in your word. Let it not only be read, but let it affect my life. Let me apply it. Let me be a lifestyle, a living lifestyle of worship. I pray it in Jesus' name. This is what core strength is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Spiritual formation is really what it is. To be like Jesus. On earth, I long to be like Him. Hmm. How many knows the words of that song? Throughout Life's journey from earth to glory. Oh, I long to be like Him. Let's walk out tonight longing to be like Him. Is that all right? Let's just walk out longing to be like Him. Hope you have a blessed rest of your week.